الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد we continue with the explanation of the forty hadith of Imam Al Nawawi رحمه الله تعالى and we are still on Al Hadith Al Thani Ashar. The twelfth hadith on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Qal min husni islam al-mar'i tarkuhum ala ya'ni Abu Huraira radiallahu an He mentioned that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Said from the goodness of the person's islam Is that he leaves alone that which doesn't concern him We covered in the previous class the importance of leaving alone the doubtful matters and that certainty is not removed by doubt. Also, uh, a point that is to be mentioned, leaving off that which doesn't concern us, it entails leaving off the haram and leaving off that which is disliked, things that we should not indulge in. For the Muslim, or from Islam, is that the Muslim strives to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that the Muslim is to stay away from those things that are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a part of Iman. As the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned, "Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir falyakul khairan awli yasmud." Whoever believes in Allah in the last day, then let him say that which is good or remain silent. So, a part of our faith, a part of our practice of the Deen, is doing good and at the same time leaving off evil, which leads us to the next point. And that is, you have from amongst the ulama of usul, they say that leaving off the haram falls under the category of actions. It falls under the category of actions. And some others uh, from the ulama, they say no, it is not from the actions. Actions is to do something and then leaving off a matter is leaving it off. But the scholars who say that abandoning the haram, abandoning that which is not pleasing to Allah falls under the actions, they use this hadith as a proof. Because the Prophet ﷺ here named leaving off that which doesn't concern you to be from Islam. He named it Islam. So this shows, barakallah fiqh, that the practice of the religion entails abandoning that which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also this hadith establishes that when a person leaves off that which doesn't concern him, that this is from the best category of Islam. This is from the best of the practice of al-Islam. Which is an indication that Islam or a person's practice of Islam is of different levels. Not everyone is on the same level 
as it relates to their practice of Islam. Some Muslims are stronger than others. As the Prophet Sallallahu he mentioned, Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi Khairun wa ahabbu ilallah min al-Mu'min al-Da'if wa fi kulin khair. That the strong believer Right? Is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. But in both of them there's good. The strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. But in both of them there's good. So here, from the statement of the Prophet wasallam, it showed that not everyone is on the same level as it relates to their faith. Not everyone is on the same level as it relates to the practice of the deen. And we should strive to be from the best of the Muslims. This is something that we should make the effort in doing on a daily basis, striving to be better than we were yesterday. Striving to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may Allah azza wa jalla make us from the best of the believers. Ameen. But here we have a narration on the authority of Amr ibn Abasa where he said, قُلْتْ أَيُّ الْإِسْلَامِ أَفْضَلُ فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَنْ سَلِمَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ مِنْ لِسَانِهِ وَيَدِهِ قَالْ وَقُلْتْ أَيُّ الْإِيمَانِ أَفْضَلُ قَالَ خُلُقٌ حَسَنٌ عَمْرِ ابْنِ عَبَسَ He stated that I said to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Which Islam is the best Islam? Which Islam is the best Islam? And what's intended by this meaning what aspect of Islam is the best? Not that there are uh, two different Islams, there's only one deen But he's asking what aspect, what part of the deen is the best part of the religion? What part of Islam is the best part? And the Prophet ﷺ said that the Muslims are safe from a person's tongue and from a person's hand. This is from the best of Islam that other Muslims are safe from your tongue. Meaning you don't backbite them, you don't slander them, you don't verbally abuse them. This is from the best of Islam. And also... They are safe from your hands, meaning you don't physically harm them. This is from the best of Islam. And then the Amr, he asked, and which Iman is the best Iman? What part of faith is the best part of faith? فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ Good character. And this here, Barakallahu Fikum, is a refutation against the groups of deviants who say their actions are not from Iman. Because good character involves actions. Good character involves actions. It involves good deeds. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that this is from the best of the person's faith, that the person has good character. But the shahid or the point from the narration, it shows that there are Muslims who are on different levels of Islam and Iman than other Muslims. Because you have some Muslims, unfortunately, they speak bad about their Muslim brothers and sisters without right. 
This is not good. So this shows that there is a deficiency in their practice of Islam. This doesn't mean that they are not Muslims. No, they are Muslims. They have the faith, but there is a deficiency in their practice of Islam. And this is what's causing them to speak bad about their brothers and sisters in Al-Islam from backbiting and slandering or verbal abuse and other than that. Or there are Muslims who physically harm other Muslims without right. So this is an indication of the deficiency in the person's practice of Islam. And likewise, you have some Muslims, unfortunately, they have bad character. They don't know how to interact with people in a good way. So something uh, doesn't go their way, they're quick to curse and they're quick to raise their voice and they're quick to get upset and angry and you know, call the person out of their name and other than that from the affairs of, of bad character that's not befitting. Uh, for one's practice of Islam So the Muslim who has bad character Does it mean he doesn't have any faith at all? No, it doesn't mean that Rather what's intended is that the person's faith is deficient So now the Muslim who has good character in this area He's better than the Muslim who does not have good character We have another narration on the authority of Abdullah bin Amr radiyallahu an which shows that there are different levels of Islam in the practice of a person's Islam. Call Anna Rajulan Sa'ala Nabiya Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ayyul Islam Khair. Abdullah ibn Ammar radiallahu anhuma he said that a man asked the Prophet, and this is Barakallahu Fikum from the way of the Sahaba. That they would come to the Prophet وسلم, and they would ask their questions about matters of the religion so that they can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they receive the answer. So a man he asked the Prophet, وسلم, which Islam is the best Islam? Ayyul Islam Khair. Which Islam is the best? Yani which aspect of Islam is the best part of Islam? فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ تُطْعِمُ الطَّعَامُ وَتَقْرَأُ السَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنْ عَرَفْتَ وَمَنْ لَمْ تَعْرِفُ The Prophet ﷺ responded that the best Islam is that you feed the people and that you convey the salams to those who you know and those who you don't know. This is from the best of the practices of Islam. As an example, we know that it's Ramadan or we know that it's Monday and Thursday and people are fasting or we know it's the day of Arafah or the day of Ashura, people are fasting. So we bring food for the people to break their fast. This is from the best aspect of Islam, to feed the people. Or there are people who are poor and they are in need of food and they don't have and we give them from the food. And this is uh, from the best of the practices of Al-Islam to feed the people. And also feeding non-Muslims who are in need falls under this category. It is not just feeding Muslims, but feeding non-Muslims because here is general. To feed the people with the food. But of course when we give to the Muslims, this is from the best of the relations as it relates from a Muslim to another Muslim or the best that can be done from between the relationship of the Muslims. وَتَقْرَأُ السَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنْ عَرَفْتَ وَمَنْ لَمْ تَعْرِفْ And that you convey the salams to those who you know and those who you don't know. Meaning when you see that an individual is a Muslim, even though you may not know the person 
on a personal level, you still give salams to your brother or your sister in al-Islam. Unfortunately, and this is from the signs of the hour, that the people, some people, not all, they only give salams to the Muslims that they know. And they will, they'll see one group of Muslims, and then they'll see a Muslim or another group of Muslims, they know this. So they'll walk right past these Muslims, it's clear they are Muslims, they won't give the salams, and they only give salams to the people that they know. The Prophet وسلم, foretold that this is from the signs of the hour, that the people will only give salams to those who they know. But rather from the best of the person's practice in al-Islam is that you give salams to all of the Muslims. Those who you know and those who you don't know. Irregardless of if they are your close companions or if they are from the same country you come from or other than that. This is your Muslim brother or sister in al-Islam. You convey the salams to them. Another narration which indicates that there are different levels in the practice of al-Islam the hadith of Abi Musa al-Ashari radiallahu anhu qala qalu ya rasulullah ayyu al-islam afdal qala man salima al-muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadihi wa fi ma'nahu hadith Jabir radiallahu anhu fi sahih muslim al-muslim al-muslimu man salima al-muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadihi all these narrations they are similar uh, in meaning it was asked, O Messenger of Allah, which Islam is the best Islam? He says, the one who the Muslims are safe from his tongue and hand. And this is similar to the meaning of the narration of Jabir ibn Abdullah in Sahih Muslim, that the Muslim is the one who other Muslims are safe from his tongue and his hand. So all of this, barakallahu feekum, is an indication that the Muslims are upon different levels as it relates to their practice. And the more the person uh, practices, then the stronger the person's Islam is. And the more the good character of the individual is, the stronger the person's faith and other than that. And this again, these narrations are a response to those who say that all Muslims are the same in faith. This is not correct. All Muslims are not the same in faith. We are on different levels. If you just look at the likes of Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhu, none of us are on that level of faith. Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhu, they are the best of the Muslims after Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And that which indicates that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when they were speaking with his companions, and he mentioned to them that. A man will be riding, uh, or a man, they will, a wolf will come and, and, and snatch away a sheep, and the shepherd will go after the wolf and he will get the sheep back from the wolf. And then the wolf will turn to him and say, Who will be the shepherd for the sheep on the day when there's no shepherd except for I? So the Sahaba were astonished. So what they say? They said, Subhanallah, Dibunya Takalim. Glory be to Allah and how far Allah is removed from any imperfection. A wolf can talk. A wolf can talk. Subhanallah. It's amazing. Look what the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ana Uminu Bihada wa Abu Bakr wa Umar. 
The Prophet said, I believe in this. And likewise, Abu Bakr and Umar believes in this also. Why the mentioning of them two? And no one else. Because of their level of faith was different from the rest of the people. And then he mentioned how uh, a man will be riding on, a, on top of a cow. And the cow will turn to him and say, I have not been created for this. Like, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to ride on cows. So the cow will turn to him and say, Ma, ma I haven't been created for this purpose. Are you riding on my back? I mean, like I'm a horse. And the Sahaba again, Subhanallah, they said, Subhanallah, a cow can talk or a talking cow. وَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ أَنَا أُؤْمِنْ بِهَذَا وَأَبُوْ بَكَرْ وَعُمَرْ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, I believe in this as well as Abu Bakr and Umar. So it shows that the, even with the companions, there was different levels of faith amongst them. And the best of them being Abu Bakr and Umar, even though all of them were upon a high level of faith. But amongst them there were those who were the best uh, as it relates to the faith from amongst them. And the people used to say in the time of the Prophet وسلم, that the best of the people after the Prophet وسلم, is Abu Bakr, then Umar, and then Uthman. And this narration is on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar. And the Prophet would hear this وسلم, and he would not say anything. Which means what? Huh? It's true, he agreed. He was in agreement. His silence was in approval. When it was said that the best, you know, خير الناس بعد النبي أبو بكر وعمر ثم عثمان that the best of the people after the Prophet وسلم, is Abu Bakr, then Umar, then Uthman. We move on to the next narration, Al Hadith Al Ashr. عن ابي حمزه انس بن مالك رضي الله عن خادم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يؤمن احدكم حتى يحب لاخيه ما يحب لنفسه ورواه البخاري ومسلم This narration is on the authority of Abu Hamza Anas bin Malik may Allah be pleased with him the servant of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he stated that the Messenger وسلم, said that none of you believes until he loves for his brother that which he loves for himself. And this narration is recorded in the Sahih of Imam Al-Bukhari and the Sahih of Imam Muslim. Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, he is a noble companion the son of a female companion, his mother Um Sulaim al Rumaysa, or in some say Al Rumaysa. She was a noble uh, Sahabia, may Allah be pleased with her, who gave Anas her son for the service of the Prophet when the Prophet arrived to Medina. And Anas bin Malik, radiallahu an, he was 10 years old when the Prophet وسلم, reached Medina and he served the Prophet وسلم, for 10 years and he mentioned describing 
something from the character of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, فَخَدَمْتُهُ فِي السَّفْرِ وَالْحَضَرِ وَاللَّهِ مَا قَالَ لِي لِشَيْءٍ صُنَعْتُهُ لِمَا صُنَعْتَ هَذَا هَكَذَا وَلَا شَيْءٍ لَمْ أَصْنَعْهُ لِمَا لَمْ تَصْنَعْ هَذَا هَكَذَا Anas bin Malik, he said, I served him in times of travel as well as when he was in Medina. Meaning Anas bin Malik, he used to be with the Prophet when the Prophet would travel outside of Medina. And when the Prophet was in Medina, Anas was there aiding uh, the Prophet in his daily needs or daily affairs. He went on to say, I swear by Allah, He never said to me regarding something I did, why did you do this like this? And he never said to me regarding something I didn't do, why you didn't do it this way? This is from the character of the Prophet. But the Prophet, you know how sometimes you, why you didn't do this? Why you, you should have did this? The Prophet wasn't like that. He was an individual who was patient. He was an individual who was content, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he was an individual who made things easy upon Anas, radiallahu an. He never burdened him beyond his capability. And from the good treatment of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, of Anas bin Malik, is that he made dua for Anas. And this is an indication that if you have people who work for you, make dua for the people who are under your care. As the Prophet ﷺ, he did for Anas, he said, Allahumma akthir malahu wa waladahu wa barik lahu fi ma'ataytahu. O Allah, give Anas an abundance of wealth and give him an abundance of children and bless him in that which you give him. This is from the mannerisms of the Prophet ﷺ dealing with someone who worked for him. So every employee, every boss, every CEO, he has people who work under the make dua for the workers. That Allah bless them in that which he gives them and in that which they do. Another narration, Um Sulaim, she said, Ya Rasulullah, she said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, here is your servant, your worker, Anas, make dua for him. And this is an, an example for the mothers that you want good for your children, and likewise the, the fathers. But here, Um Sulaim, she was the Muslim as the father of Anas, he did not accept Islam. And some reports mention that when he heard of the Prophet ﷺ coming to Medina, he fled because he was aware that he wasn't going to be allowed to drink khamr. And as a result of that, he left and he did not accept Islam and he died upon disbelief. So the mother of Anas was the Muslimah and his father was not a Muslim. So she said, O Messenger of Allah, here's your servant, here's your worker, Anas. Make dua to Allah for him. So the Prophet 
يعني دعا لأم سليم وأهل بيتها he made dua for her Um Sulaim and for her family another narration she called upon the Prophet وسلم, and asking the Prophet to make dua for Anas And the Prophet said, Allahumma rzukhu malan wa waladan wa barik lahu. Or Allahumma akthir malahu wa waladan wa barik lahu feem. Or Allah provide him with wealth and children and bless him in that. And O Allah, give him an abundance of wealth and children and bless him in that. And this is an important aspect, important point here. Is that if a person is going to make dua... For wealth and for children, don't just ask for money and children, because that the money and the children can turn around and be a fitna upon you. So if you ask for money and children, or from the affairs of the dunya, a wife, ask for a good wife, righteous wife. Ask for righteous children. Ask for uh, good provisions. Ask Allah to bless you in that. Don't just say, oh Allah, give me money. Oh Allah, give me a wife. And he answers, give you a wife, but <laughs> Allah should give you a hard time. Ask for the, the good of the dunya. Right? Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. It's not just Rabbana atina a dunya. Our Lord, give us the dunya. No, give us the best of this dunya. Or give us in this dunya that which is good. Because there are things from this dunya that are not good and can cause harm to the person's practice and can put a person into trials and tribulation and cause the person to turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many people have turned away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala due to the abundance of wealth? The money makes them feel that they don't have to obey Allah. It makes them feel like they are above the law. So now, because of the wealth, they've become blinded. They've become corrupt. Right? And, and maybe prior to the wealth, it wasn't like that. So, we see the wisdom from the Prophet ﷺ, not only asking Allah to give him an abundance of wealth and children, but to barik lahu, yani bless him in that. Another narration, Anas, he said that the Prophet ﷺ used to come to our home. Meaning he would visit Anas and the family. He entered into our house one day and he made dua for us. And this is from the mannerisms of the Prophet ﷺ that when you visit the house of a Muslim, make dua for the, the people in the home. Make dua for the inhabitants of the home. Whenever you visit a Muslim's home, make dua for the people in the house. Then this is from the Sunnah of the Prophet. فَقَالَتْ أُمْ سُلَيْمْ أَلَا She says, Here is your small worker or servant. Will you not make dua for him? Specifically. 
قال اللهم اكثر ماله وولده واطل حياته واغفر له فدعا لي بثلاث فذفنت مئة وثلاثة he says his mother um sulaim requested the prophet sallallahu to make dua for him he said oh allah increase him in his wealth and his children and give him a long life and forgive him so Anas said the Prophet made dua for me for three things right he said I buried 103 children Anas he buried 103 children وَإِنَّ ثَمَرَتِي لَتُطْعِمْ فِي السَّنَةِ مَرَّتَيْنِ And his harvest comes twice a year. Normally, like the harvest is once, his come twice a year. وَطَالَتْ حَيَاتِي And I, I live for a long time. وَأَرْجُوا الْمَغْفِرَةِ And I hope for the forgiveness. I hope for the forgiveness. It was mentioned that Anas bin Malik radiallahu an he said the Prophet sallallahu made dua for him and he stated that he had the most money from amongst the people of the Ansar He had the most money from the people of the Ansar. I mean, because of the dua of the Prophet وسلم, Allah blessed him with an abundance of wealth. He was, he was extremely rich. And also, it is mentioned that he had many children and he had many grandchildren. Over the hundred, over one hundred. So he said, the Prophet Sallallahu may dua for me for three things. He says, فَدَعَى لِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ ثَلَاثَ دَعَوَاتِ قَدْ رَعَيْتُ مِنْهَا إِثْنَتَيْنِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَأَنَا أَرْجُ الثَّالِثَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ I seen two of the matters come into reality in the life of this world and I hope for the third one in the hereafter, which is what? The forgiveness. The forgiveness. He's seen the abundance of wealth and he's seen the abundance of children. He's seen that in the dunya. And now he's hoping for the forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. It is mentioned uh, that Anas bin Malik he died in the year 93 uh, Hijri and it stated he was over 100 years old. When he passed away, hundred children, his children, or from his grandchildren. There's still, there's still, even the grandchildren is considered like your children because they're from your children. Now. There's another, this hadith here discusses an important matter of Iman. 
And that matter is loving for your fellow Muslim that which you love for yourself. This is a part of faith. And it is a really a big aspect of faith. For Islam encourages the good relations between one another. And anything that can disrupt the unity of the Muslims, we find that these things are forbidden in Al-Islam, like backbiting, slandering, spying, uh, cutting into the, uh, a business deal of your brother. Like These things are forbidden in Al-Islam. And the main reason behind it is to preserve the brotherhood and the sisterhood. Or if your brother has proposed to a woman and the woman has accepted the proposal, you don't go and put your proposal over his proposal because that can lead to fitna between you and your brother in Al-Islam. So anything that, we, that can cause separation and break the unity between the Muslims, these things are forbidden. And this is also why shirk is forbidden, because shirk causes separation between the people. Kufr, bid'ah, and sins, period. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentioned, مَا تَحَابِثْنَانْ فِي اللَّهِ فَيُفَرِّقُوا بَيْنَهُمَا إِلَّا ذَمْ أَحْدَثَهُ أَحَدُهُمَا Or كَمَا قَالَ Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that nothing will separate between two people who love each other for the sake of Allah, except for a sin that one of them committed. So sins break up the relationships between the Muslims, husband and wife, parent and child, child and parent, siblings, brothers in Islam, and other than that. There is a... There is another wording uh, of this narration which brings uh, clarity to what's intended. It's, it's in the Sunan of Nisa'i, in the chain of narrators, it's authentic. The Prophet Sallallahu said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ Sallallahu Alaihi لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ Min al This narration or the wording of this other narration, the Prophet Sallallahu he mentioned, I swear by the one who the soul of Muhammad Sallallahu is in his hand, meaning he swear by Allah. None of you truly believes until he loves for his brother that which he loves for himself from the good. So that's what the, that's what's intended. Loving for your brother what you love for yourself and from the khair, from the good things, not from the bad things. As you find, unfortunately, a person may be in a bad situation and he loves for other people to be in a bad situation like him. As they say, misery loves company. Now, this is not from Iman. You can't say, well, I'm loving for my brother what I'm loving for myself. I lost everything, so I love for my brother to lose everything. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not befitting. The Prophet said, Min al khair, from the good. From the good. The scholars, they say, this statement, Min al khair, Tashmal Jami al khair. It entails all good. Any al khair fid deen, wal khair fid dunya. The good in the religious matters as well as the good in the worldly matters. <coughs> ما مما لا يترتب عليه مفسدا 
that which no corruption or harm comes as a result of it. What you love for your brother or sister in Al-Islam is a good which is not going to cause any harm afterwards. It's not going to lead to any type of corruption of any of your religion or corruption of your dunya. Corruption of your health, corruption of your wealth, corruption of your mind. Now this is something, this something or this matter of good is going to be something that's going to benefit you, whether in your deen or whether in your worldly affairs or both together. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَفْعَلُوا الْخَيْرِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ And do that which is good in order that you may be successful. So we want good for one another. This is a part of faith. That we want good for our brothers and sisters in Al-Islam so that what? لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ So that you can be successful, so that we can be successful. So success is tied and connected to doing good and being upon good. So when you love for your brother or sister, which you love for yourself from the good, meaning you love for them to be successful. Don't ever be someone who has jealousy and envy to the point you don't want to see your brother or sister successful in their religious affairs or in their worldly affairs. Leave the jealousy alone. Allah controls the affairs. And just as Allah has given them, Allah can give you. We look at uh, Zakariyah. Alayhi <coughs> salam. When he found Maryam in her chambers with provisions from Allah, did he become jealous of her? Anyone? No. What did he do? Huh? He went and made dua to Allah. He didn't say, oh, why is she getting this? And I'm, the, I'm a prophet and I've been worshipping Allah before she was born. And I, 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 and why not me? None of that. We don't find any of that from Zakaria alayhi salam. He found Maryam with the provisions. It was a reminder Allah is capable of doing all things. He made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A beautiful example. So there's no need for us to be jealous of one another. For just as Allah has given one person, He can give to us. You find that your your brother, mashallah, he has memorized Quran, or sister has memorized Quran. There's a permissible jealousy in this regard. As the Prophet mentioned, there is no jealousy except in two matters or for two people. One who Allah has given him knowledge. Or he has given him the Quran or wisdom and he judges by it. And he acts in accordance with it. Meaning that you wish to be like the person. Not that the person doesn't have what Allah has given them. But you wish you had the same thing so that you can do the same good. That's the permissible jealousy. Because there's no uh, hatred in that. There's no wishing that the person didn't have what he had. No, rather you want, you're happy for the, in the, your brother that he has good. And you wish you have the same good so that you can also do good. And the other person is the one Allah has given him wealth. And he spends the wealth in a, in a manner that's pleasing to Allah. So you're jealous of him in a good way. Not that you want him to lose all of his wealth. And be poor like you if you are poor. right? No, you, alhamdulillah, you're happy for the, your, your brother. 
And you wish you had the wealth also so that you can do the good that he's doing with the wealth. This is the permissible jealousy. But as for one in ruin for the fortune of your brother or your sister, whether it's that which they have acquired from the riches of the religion or the riches of the dunya, then this is not befitting. There's another narration in the Sahih of Imam Muslim, or another wording. The Prophet Sallallahu said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَا يُؤْمِنُ لَا يُؤْمِنُ عَبْدٌ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِجَارِهِ أَوْ قَالَ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ This wording, the Prophet Sallallahu he states, I swear by the one who my soul is in his hand. And this is important. That when we see that the Prophet would swear, he will only swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you're going to swear, you swear by Allah. As the Prophet mentioned, Man kana halifan, That whoever's going to swear, let him swear by Allah or be silent. Don't swear by the Kaaba. Don't swear by the Prophet saying, When Nabi. This is from the affairs of shirk and kufr. The Prophet sallallahu mentioned, and this is in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma. Whoever swears by other than Allah, then he has committed an act of shirk or an act of kufr. Without reason, no. But for something that's important, it's from the sunnah. Or we see that the Prophet himself or in the Sahaba would swear by Allah when it was something that was a serious matter. No. No. But some people, they swear by the Shaykh. I swear by Shaykh so and so. I swear by my, my grandfather who. I swear on the Kaaba, one Nabi. I swear by my mother, I swear by my father. This is not allowed. This is not allowed. And then you find another matter, Allahul Musta'an. A person will swear by Allah and lie. And this is another serious affair. Swearing by Allah and lying. But if you ask them to swear by the Shaykh, or if, if, if or when it, let's say you ask them, but when it comes to them lying and swearing by the sheikh, they won't do it. They, they lie on Allah's name, but they won't lie on the sheikh's name. Because they believe if they swear by the sheikh's name and they lie, then the sheikh won't do something to them. This is superstition and the deen. One should be more concerned and worried Allah is, is going to do something. The sheikh is dead. Allah is amr. Sheikh cannot do anything. Rather, the Sheikh is in need of your dua. Sheikh can harm you, do, can't get your wife to get a baby, nothing. The Sheikh is dead. Right? So the Prophet said, if you're going to swear, you swear by Allah. But when you swear by Allah, be truthful in what you say. Don't swear by Allah. Some people, you know, and the Prophet warned against this, like the businessmen. When they're selling their product, Wallahi, this is the best ever. Huh? Like when I was in Egypt, everything was belody and organic. 
That's how they would sell things. Belady wallah. Everything belady, belady, belady. And it was a, a custom or habit, right? And SubhanAllah, this is not the way. To sell your product, you have to use Allah's name to sell your product. Especially, and if your product is not what you're saying, this is, this is a serious offense. Because you're using Allah's name. It's serious when you use Allah's name for something. So when you find the Prophet swearing by Allah, know that it was a serious matter the Prophet is speaking about. Just look, read in the books of Hadith. Whenever the Prophet is swearing by Allah, he's swearing it is a serious matter. Like the Prophet said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِ بِيَدِهِ لَا يَسْمَعُ بِي أَحَدٌ مَهَادِهِ الْأُمَّ يَهُودِيٌّ وَلَا نَسْرَانِيٌّ ثُمَّ يَمُوتُ وَلَمْ يُؤْمِنْ بِالَّذِي أُرْسِلْتُ بِهِ إِلَّا دَخَلَ النَّارِ Look, a serious matter. By the one whom my soul is in his hands, there's no one from this nation who hears about me, whether a Jew or Christian. And then he dies not believing in that which I have been sent with, except he will enter into the fire. That's a serious matter. You don't find the prophet just every time, Wallahi this, Wallahi that, Walladi nafsi bi yadihi, for everything. No, for something serious, you find the prophet, he would swear by Allah to put emphasis on the matter and to show how serious it is. So here the prophet is swearing by Allah that no servant believes until he loves for his neighbor what he loves for himself. That's a serious matter. Loving for your neighbor which you love for yourself. And one word and says, his brother. The scholars, they say, there's no doubt that the rights of the neighbors are serious in Al-Islam. And especially if your neighbor is a Muslim and on top of that, your relative. Because you have your neighbor who is a relative and a Muslim. This neighbor has three rights. The right of being a relative, or first, the right of being a Muslim, the right of being a relative, and then the right of being a neighbor. Then you have the neighbor who is a Muslim, but not your relative. So this neighbor has two rights. The right of being uh, a Muslim and the right of being your neighbor. And then you have the neighbor that's your relative, but not a Muslim. So he has the right of the blood relations and the right of being a neighbor. Then you have the neighbor that's not a Muslim nor your relative. It's a non-Muslim. They have the right of being your neighbor. And, excuse me? For sure, because look, it's connected to Iman. La yu'minu abdun. The Prophet negates Iman here. The servant doesn't believe until he loves for his neighbor what he loves for himself. And what's meant by he doesn't believe? Yani, huwa naqisul Iman. His Iman is deficient. Not that he's a kafir. The Prophet said he doesn't believe the one who doesn't love for his brother what he loves for himself or doesn't love for his neighbor what he loves for himself. It doesn't mean that he has left Islam, but it means that his faith is deficient. His faith is not complete. He's not fulfilling one of the things that's upon him to fulfill as it relates to one's faith. And that is wanting good for your brother in Islam or wanting good for your neighbor. So the scholars, they say... That when the Prophet وسلم, is negating Iman from these people, he's not negating the origin of Iman or the, of the foundation of Iman, but he's negating the completion of Iman. Like when the Prophet said, لا يزني أزاني حين يزني وهو مؤمن. That the one who commits adultery or fornication, he's not a believer at the time he's committing adultery or fornication. Does this mean now when the man 
commits zina, a Muslim commits zina, he becomes a kafir. And then once he finishes, he has to say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah to come back into the religion? No. But is his faith on a high level and complete? No. Because the Prophet said, La yazni azani hina yazni wa huwa mu'min. That the person who's committing adultery or fornication, he is not a believer at that time. Meaning, he, his faith is not strong at the time. His faith is not complete. And this is why he's falling into that act. And likewise, when a person is not being kind and wanting good for his or her neighbor, the person's iman is deficient. The Prophet wasallam said, Wallahi, another swear, Wallahi. La yu'minu Wallahi la yu'minu Wallahi la yu'minu Three times Qila Waman ya Rasulullah Qala alladhi la ya'man jaruhu bawa'iqahu The Prophet swore by Allah three times I swear by Allah he doesn't believe I swear by Allah he doesn't believe I swear by Allah he doesn't believe The Sahaba said Who O Messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said the one whose neighbor is not safe from his harm like if you harm your neighbor, you're a nuisance to your neighbor, you're violating the rights of your neighbor, then this is an indication that your iman or the person's iman is deficient. Inshallah ta'ala we will stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Whatever is incorrect is for myself. Wa subhanaka Allahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta istaghfiruka wa